You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Enemy of My Enemy. I am Hody Johns. I'm Lou. And I'm Brian. And you're here to listen to the show where we cover current events and hot topics from left, right, and center libertarian angles. Uh, today we got a particularly hot topic, especially if you were asking my middle school self. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Britney Spears um, and what's going on with her conservatorship. And this is one of those things that I, as a libertarian, thought the last thing I would be talking about is Britney Spears. <laughs> but uh, it's cool to actually talk about something that's pop culture and relevant. So this is something that, that libertarians can absolutely capitalize on and talk about how the state sometimes manages to make things worse rather than better. So we are happy to have you join us today, and let's just get right into it. In 2008, California courts appointed Jamie Spears, father of Britney Spears, a conservatorship over Britney Spears, uh, defined conservatorship, <clears throat> a court case where a judge appoints another party to care for someone who cannot care for themselves. That's the definition. Kind of important because a lot of people are hearing it thrown around. Some people say it's the same as a guardianship, slightly different, and uh, California is even more different. We'll get into that in a second. This conservatorship was not merely financial, but also social. It covers everything from what Spears is allowed to spend money on and how much money she does get to if she is allowed to have children and what her public, when and where she is allowed to make public appearances. Many have been pointing out from the beginning, that this conservatorship is both a bad deal and downright abusive. And though this has gone on for over a decade, it wasn't until last month before a court that Britney Spears felt she could legally speak out about it. Indeed, she said she was unaware she was even allowed to petition to end it. As many had predicted, she was not happy with the terms of the conservatorship. Jamie, the father was granted the conservatorship after she sought help for an undisclosed mental illness. In every state except for California, this conservatorship would be confined to only dealing with mental illness. But California is unique in that a conservator gains unlimited control over the conservatee. It's part of a larger conversation. How do we help the mentally ill? Was this good intentions with poor executions? Or should this practice be abolished entirely? Um, Lou, we'll start with you. I know you have some strong thoughts on this. You even made this our appetizer last week uh, for talking about Britney Spears. So let's hear your in-depth uh, thoughts on what's going on with Britney Spears right now. So, I mean, you covered like a lot on the high level, right? 
but there's some of the really nitty gritty. I don't think that a lot of the public know about, or if they've heard about it in passing, like they don't get it. Um, every person who she has interacted with personally, professionally, whatever, um, they are forced to sign an NDA by her father. Um, however, lately a handful of these people are speaking out about, um, the abuse that they've witnessed, um, including other artists that she has, you know, done songs with or done events or shows or whatever with, um, they're starting to speak out and that I think is going to help things for her. Um, but my concern is when you go back to the original case, um, she was with, with her ex, right? They were in the middle of a custody battle and they had, um, she had gone to rehab or was headed to or something. I can't remember if that was before or after. Sorry. There's a lot of details here. Um, but, oh, her and Kevin Federline both would go out and go clubbing or partying, go to the bars, whatever, when they didn't have their children. And then, you know, when it was the other parents weekend or whatever, well, the publicity really only cared about what Brittany was doing. And I think that says a lot about what our society thinks of women and mothers. Um, we're humans too. And if, I have a night where my kid is with her dad and I want to go out. I'm going to go out. But society, especially with the way the paparazzi portrayed things, um, you know, that's not okay. Right. And so Federline took her to court and her father supported him. And she had like court appointed monitors for, um, her visitation, which was never overnight. And it was just a few hours. And even that court appointed monitor like has come out and said since then, like, she's a fantastic mother. She did nothing wrong. You know, I don't, I was there because I was told to be, but honestly, I really didn't need to be. And it was, I think one of the first visitations she had, and she was just heartbroken when it was time, you know, for the kids to go back to dad and she just wanted a couple more minutes because she was still breastfeeding the baby. So, like, she was still nursing. And she just wanted a few minutes and she went into the bathroom. The door wasn't even locked. And the next thing she knows, like, there's fire, medics, police, helicopters around her house. While she's just sitting in the bathroom with her baby, who's asleep at this point. And... Um, a family friend, one of her friends, just opened the bathroom door and walked in and talked to her. She's like, I just wanted a few more minutes. And shortly after he walked in and everything was fine, a fireman broke down the door with an axe and then it was chaos. And so they had her 5150 um, on a 72-hour hold and got an emergency hearing and immediately began the conservatorship and the judge waived the five-day notice to the conservatee. Like, they didn't even tell her. She was in the hospital. She didn't know this was happening. And she was sober at the time. She just, she was a mom who was missing her babies and probably dealing with some postpartum depression or anxiety, understandably. Um, and when you look back at the court documents and everything, there was no... 
evaluation presented to the judge. The judge never spoke to her. Nothing. And this was never supposed to be a long-term thing. Um, it was originally intended, well, the way it was sold to her was it was intended to just be for the period of time that she may be in a rehab facility or something like that. Um, but then they took her to court again and like made it permanent, like a few years later. And the things that have happened to her over that period of time, you know, we're all, we all see Britney Spears made up and this and that and doing the shows and she was given, let's see, was it, like $300,000 a night for her Vegas residency is what she was making. She had an allowance from daddy for $2,000 a week. Meanwhile, all these people are making a half a million dollars a year salary off of her revenue. And it's all attorneys and people who work for her father. They all have to be approved by him. She's not seeing the money. Um, her phones are monitored. She had someone sneak her a phone one time. Well, a couple of times, actually. Or she'd borrowed a phone and tried to get an attorney. And this is where it gets really messed up. Um, she has been through, I want it somewhere between three and five attorneys that a couple of them actually went before a judge and the judge was like, mm, she's a conservative. She doesn't have a right to an attorney. Okay. If you walked in on a crime scene and there was a man standing there holding like a, a bloody head and an ax covered in blood and said, I did it. He has more of a right to an attorney than Britney freaking Spears does. And their whole, you know, the entire point of a conservatorship is that she is not capable of making decisions for herself. Well, if she's capable of doing all of the rehearsals and the shows and the tours and the marketing and promotion stuff she has to do and all the events and the travel, and if she's capable of that, she is capable of deciding that she wants the IUD out of her body. That her father told her no. It's unfucking real. This is like state-sanctioned kidnapping hostage situation. And the fact that the judge this time around extended it after the first time ever being able to go public and have and not have the hearing closed. I don't understand it. It's so corrupt, as if California isn't bad enough like and when you talk to people or you read a lot of the the interviews and things from people who were around in the beginning they're like this was all in the works even her own mother said it's toxic what her father is doing to her and how do you just make it stop? Like she can't just say make it stop and part of her conservatorship is the force to work. And if she doesn't work, if she doesn't do a show, if she doesn't do this event or that event and make all these millions of dollars for daddy, then he can tell her you can't see your kids. And that's all covered under the conservatorship. It's sick. So. Yeah. Uh, Brian, your thoughts on the uh, Britney Spears conservatorship. Lock her up. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> she is, damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you had free Britney, so I was going to be just go the opposite side of it. 
as someone who's a parent of someone with mental illness, um, it, it is a very tough thing to balance their individual rights against their self-harm. And as libertarians, we like to think you, you are your own person and you do to yourself what you do to yourself. And <laughs> that's that's OK. And, and for the vast majority of times, it is when someone has a psychotic break, um, when someone is um, takes a medication, they have an adverse reaction to it and they do behaviors that are not normal. That that is a time where family and things like that usually step in. Unfortunately, in those cases, sometimes law enforcement gets involved. Sometimes that's the best, worst thing. Some a couple times it might help, but they need psychiatric help. And this gets back to a number of other issues that libertarians look at. But the the things of the night where she was fifty one fiftied, um, the attorneys did test or did provide evidence that she was under the influence, not of alcohol, but of amphetamines. If whatever mental illness she has, and I'm not going to try to play armchair libertarian psychologist. <laughs> right. Um, but I will tell you that people are terrible self-medicators. Yes. Um, just unfortunate when it comes to, ex especially when going through extreme stress and or psychosis. Um, it's usually the wrong thing. Um the, the, the person that is feeling depressed drinks alcohol and makes them, it's a depressant. Um, the person that's feeling manic takes an amphetamine and makes them more manic. Um, there's a point as a parent, conservator, whoever, where you see your child behaving in a way that is not your child, as in this is not normal behavior. Uh, you know, like, well, she didn't pick up her, her towel so obviously she's psychotic when you couple that with children especially very young children being involved some choices have to be made um and, and i have unfortunately got personal experience in this uh with my own grandchildren i won't elaborate on that but i i have seen choices that i've had to make as a grandparent to make sure my grandchildren are safe and I, I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, obviously, I'd want maybe in a perfect world for life to be different. But this is where these things have to come into play is for the safety of the children. If at that time the children were perceived to be in legitimate danger, I, I think that's a good thing that, that where we take a little pause and say, all right, what's going on here? Now, getting to the conservatorship. Yeah, there's every bit of this that just seems like it's dirty as hell. I think a conservative ship in most places, so in petitions to be removed, uh, I believe in most states, the conservator has to reprove their case. You have to go back through and say this person is incapable of caring for themselves for whatever reasons you want to say. You know, okay, at the time they were psychotic, and we can prove now that they're not they're not med compliant. They still exhibit these behaviors. They refuse to participate in treatment. They make exceptionally poor choices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't appear to be Brittany, but I will caveat this. 
people with mental illness sometimes are really good at hiding it. Um, I, we see the psychosis and think that person's crazy, but when they're not, when they're constantly performing for their entire life, which is what Brittany has done, uh, they can usually, the, the most psychotic are usually the best actors on the planet. Um, so I, th there's a balance that has to be looked at here, I think, but I do think that at some point that California law needs to change. Um, I think Brittany's probably going to be a poster child for that change. Um, most states have realized that conservatorship is something that is a temporary function unless someone is never going to recover, you know, that they're unable to make their own decisions anymore due to a physical and men major mental impairment. Um, that's not Brittany. Um, she's up there dancing away. And apparently every report says that she's being a very good mom now. So should it end? Absolutely. I'm not a big fan, though, of um, nuking all laws on conservatorship, because I can tell you as a, as a grandparent and, and as a parent, there is good reason for them in some cases. So they need oversight. They need reform. But I, I'm going to go on the total opposite libertarian side on this to say there's times where we need help to just stop the person from making choices that, that could dramatically, you know, change or end their lives. Sure. Thank you, Brian. Um, so my thoughts on the Britney Spears situation. There's so many conflicts of interest with this conservatorship. And it seems like when the law was written, you can say, how did, how did nobody identify that this was going to be a problem? In fact, most states did. And this is why kind of... California, the ACLU said that there's thousands of cases out of California that they are spending all their times on because it's the it's downright abuse. And for whatever reason, California hasn't figured this out. Um, there's a lot of places, of course, that abuse conservatorships. But the idea is that the conservatorship is supposed to be given for a specific reason and for, as Brian said, a limited amount of time. So if somebody's mentally ill, let's not stigmatize mental illness. This is not a chronic disease. This is you can be depressed and that's a mental illness. You can just like you're, you get physically sick, you can be unwell and you need to be made well and that's fine. And you seek help as you would if you got a cold, you say, I need, I need to take something for my cold. I need to, oh, I broke my foot. I need a cast for a little bit. This isn't, this isn't one of those things. Not every mental illness is chronic and people tend to think of mental illness, including myself. I used to think of it this way until I had to have some therapy myself. And then I figured it was, oh, okay. So now I understand that these, the idea behind mental illness isn't to just say, and, and there are some that are chronic, don't get me wrong. But for most mental illness, it's like, oh, let's, let's get you better just as we would get you over a cold or get you over you know, a, an illness. And if it's more serious, get you over some kind of cancer, but there are treatments to help you become cancer free. There are treatments to help you become mentally clear, mentally healthy, alert, and aware. None of this, what I see of the conservatorship and the way it's being used is being used to help Britney Spears. In fact, one of the things that came up in court was she said she was not feeling, she was having panic attacks, feeling anxious, couldn't mentally do it. And she was forced to do two shows, even though she requested some days to actually get some help. She was actually denied therapy for her, for her, and I don't want to say mental illness, but just denied mental health days 
she was denied going to a therapist for those days because she was then forced to do these previously per scheduled shows. The, that defies the reason the conservatorship exists. If it's supposed to make her well, then why did you, why are you then saying, no, you're trying to take days to get mentally well. You cannot do that. Other problem with this conservatorship is the sheer volume of the control of it. It is way beyond the scope of mental illness, and it doesn't really even pretend to be anything else. Jamie, her father, gets $16,000 every single month from this thing. That's just his base salary. This is, and this is the other thing that blew up in court. This doesn't include his fees, his uh, rental. He rents an RV, which I know makes him sound poor, but it's a $2,000 a month RV, guys. So $2,000 a month RV. Uh, it doesn't include his amenities. It doesn't include his lawyer to fight her. He's actually taking money from this account that is her money to have a lawyer to fight her. Even before fighting her, he was taking money every month from this account to pay for a lawyer to just have for his own personal use. He's clearly none of this. Why would you, e even if you say, Hey, listen, I, I need a place to live. Why would you need $16,000 a month to help somebody else with their mental illness? I understand maybe needing some money like, Oh, if you have a disease and like maybe once a month, we have to go get a checkup for you. And I have to take that day off of work. Okay. I guess, $100, 200 300 400 a month, $16,000 a month plus paying your rent. How does him paying his rent with this money help her mental illness? There's no pretending here. It's all fake. It's, it's, it's all this, this performance to try and eke her for more money. And it's very obvious that way. Um, the conflict of interest with the lawyer. Britney Spears <laughs> was unable to use another lawyer with her money. She had to use the family lawyer who said, no, you can't petition this. No, you can't petition this. Until finally, some other lawyers like, hey, by the way, you can petition this. Just, you know, advice off the record. So she actually got was getting advice from a lawyer that was acting in the self-interest of Jamie Spears because she wasn't allowed to get a lawyer that was on her behalf that would, that would represent her on her behalf. Absolutely infuriating to me. Um, the, another one that gets me is the IUD uh, forced birth control. Say what you will about Britney Spears. Um, and, and Hey, listen, I saw the court performance like everybody else did. Maybe she's not all there. <laughs> okay. Maybe she's a little out there, but I've worked in restaurants before and there are people with kids who do just fine parenting who are a lot less put together than Britney Spears is right now. I understand it's not one of those performances that makes you say, oh, this person's the most stable person in the world. Fine. But it, I mean, it's so a better circumstances. Would right. anybody be? <laughs> and it's a better public speaking well, performance than say what Joe Biden or Donald Trump have been delivering. Right. On a I mean, daily. <laughs> right. Day, I mean, day, and I mean that very literally, like watch what people are making fun of Britney Spears from and then watch any press conference from Donald Trump or Joe Biden recently. I mean, it's just, it, it, and, and they're allowed to be normal. Heck they're allowed to be president of the United States. She's not even allowed to take care of her kids and she's more well put together than they are. It, it's just one of those things that you say, okay, like, can you sterilize somebody? Can you force sterilize somebody 
because they have a mental illness. It is such an, I think that's one of those libertarian, like hard lines, like we got to say no. As soon as the realm of government sterilization comes about, or government even just backed, because I understand it was at Jamie's behest, but that sterilization thing comes out, you just have to say no. It's one of those that you just, that's a line that we cannot cross. I also wanted to add that think about all this money that she's spending on Jamie Spears. Well over, we know, I mean, minimum 16000 Like I said, that doesn't include the $20,000 RV. That doesn't include his amenities. But let's just take that $16,000 a month. Pretend now, because let's say, okay, let's say you do need help being a parent, Miss Spears. You do need help. Okay, you are mentally unwell. Let's put that money towards her getting mentally well and helping raise her kids. How much more well do you think she would be with $16,000 a month? Uh, I think for me, it's unfathomable that we can even pretend that what's going on with Britney Spears would ever be okay. People noticed it from the get-go that it wasn't okay. It's been something people have been said, saying for years. And these are just laws that need to change. We can't be treating mentally ill people like this. This is one of the things that creates a stigma and just says, oh, you have a mental illness? How many people do you know who suffered from postpartum depression or regular depression or anxiety or had a panic attack or any one of these things that could be considered a mental illness? And all it takes is one instance, according to this California law. I mean, and you could theoretically have this happen in any state, but one instance and you lose your autonomy forever. You lose literally every single last cent of your finances. And the only thing you're allowed to have is what you are given from your own paycheck by somebody else. It, it's one, it, it's just, it, it's immoral. It's unethical. It doesn't masquerade as anything. I would love to see mental illness and mental wellness become more of a conversation that people have on a day-to-day -day basis. Just like we talk about things like getting a cold, getting a fever, breaking your arm. And, and deal with all that with a lot less stigma. But this is one of those things that makes it seem like you still belong in an insane asylum for having a mental illness. Is Lou, you did a great breakdown. I actually didn't know a lot of that of what the initial incident was that caused everybody to freak out. But I mean, it's just, it's a small deal that becomes a big deal that, that suddenly people feel they can own your lives forever because of it. We don't let it, we don't want it to happen with felons. You do your time, you get out. You should be a brand new person. You should get a clean slate. That's the yeah. point of doing your time and getting out. This It should be no different for mental illness. In fact, it, I mean, if anything, there's <laughs> mental illness is victimless and you should be allowed to get the help you need. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you right there. Hit me. <laughs> stop you right there. I'm, I'm gonna hit the brakes here. First of all, I'm gonna correct you on one thing. We think mental illness, you get better, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you from personal experience, family, friends, mental illness is not something that you take two Tylenol and you feel better three weeks later. Okay. I've got family who's been struggling with this their entire lives. I'm not talking 10, 15 years. I'm talking 60. I'm talking about kids that I've got who are struggling with substance abuse and mental illness themselves and will for their entire lives have been diagnosed at a very young age and has followed the plan pretty much to the T from what the doctor told us when they were very, very young. So to think that it just goes away and that they grow out of it is honestly a bunch of horse shit. I'm sorry, Hody, I have to say it.
I'm not trying I, to say I, you grow out of it. I'm trying no. to say you get help for it and you get and, better. Yeah, okay. What's the first thing that happens when someone has a mental illness? When they have a significant psychosis mental illness? I mean, I can tell you from my own personal experience what happened, but I can tell you from my kids' experience. For sure. They they don't self-medicate or they do self-medicate or they think they're better or they stop taking their meds or they stop going to they stop going to therapy or they're told by their friends they don't need to go to therapy because they're better. Or that the universe says, you know what? You're supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be this free spirit. Okay? Right. I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. That, yes, for the vast majority of people who suffer from the, the, the very wide range of mental illnesses, which can be, I stub my toe and I'm feeling kind of down today, to, oh, by the way, I'm thinking about cutting up the family with a hatchet. Sure. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to draw the line on some of this. There oh, are some absolutely. people, yeah, but I'm going to draw the line to think that that there's no instance where somebody shouldn't be able to go in and say, you know what, you after what you've done, we want to re, we want to relook at this. We should relook at this, but to think that there's like almost no circumstance. And as I can tell you, as someone who's adopted kids out of foster care. It's very hard for me. I mean, from the libertarian side, I'd love to say, yep, you have the right to procreate as much as you want. But for the for the foster parent in me who saw how many of these kids come out damaged, destroyed by by their parents' substance abuse, it's a very hard thing to sit there and and just go, you know what, this is the libertarian way and it's the right thing to do. There are some people that honestly you just sit there and go, you know what, you're gonna turn off five more kids. There are going to be five more broken kids who are going to continue the cycle. We really need to have a conversation and see what we can do to change things. So I'm sorry, Hody, and uh, you know, put me in the lock them up world, but I I am just boy, I shouldn't have done this one either. <laughs> um, You're right. I mean, it's personal to all of us. Yeah, and yeah. I like I agree with both of you, right? I do agree. Like there are absolutely times when like you have to like put someone in a straight jacket and go, we're going to get you help. I don't oh, yeah. care what you say. I, you know, my kids have put in know. a 72 hour hold. I mean, seriously, I, I run out of fingers and toes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and it's not because I, I can't handle it. It's because they're having a psychotic break. Right. So. And, you know, and I, I do agree with that. And I think what, and, Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Hody, but the way I took what you said was, you know, in her case, maybe in in the height of the crisis, yes, put her in a con conservatorship, but that always, you know, eventually comes down to more of a plateau. Even if there's still mental health issues that need to be addressed, maybe the conservatorship is not what needs to continue, but getting a routine, a treatment plan, or what have you in place you know, instead of the conservatorship, which I think at this point, like I no doubt in my mind, like there was probably a legitimate reason pe people were concerned. And I think there was a lot going on, obviously. Well, and I also wanted to come back to the amphetamine thing. Yes, she had an issue with amphetamines, but the witnesses at the time say she appeared very sober and was not yeah. like she was. She was taking a bunch of amphetamines and breastfeeding. 
Yes. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> excusing that. That's not, you know, when she's literally just pacing with a sleeping baby in her arm, the best response isn't to bang down the fucking door with an axe. Oh, no, I agree. With that you. doesn't it, help anything. It doesn't help anything. But I'm, I'm again sitting here going when I saw that, because when, when you were talking, I went ahead and looked that up and I was like, wait a minute. What, if she really was high on amphetamines and breastfeeding, that's child endangerment. Oh, no, I, I don't that's, disagree that's with that. That's a good reason to take the kids and say, all right, come back later. So I'm, I'm not disagreeing uh, yeah. with that. No. Um, mm -hmm. You know, whether she was actively high in the moment or had taken amphetamines the night before mm -hmm. or the day before, I don't know. All the witnesses say she appeared perfectly fine with her kid, other than she was sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which well, is was asleep. Yeah. You know, like, so, yeah, okay, the amphetamines in, in – the breastfeeding, sure, but she wasn't actively breastfeeding the child at that time. I was making a point about a like hormonal connection, like issue with women who are breastfeeding and you take their child away. It is a physical pain we feel. No, I get it. I, like I, that's I, what I, I was referring to. Right. I I also get that getting the baby high on uh, doped up mother's milk is probably a well, no i'm not excusing that that yeah, was a 50 50 thing <laughs> right like that's not great um yeah. certainly but that wasn't to be honest like that had been happening and the family knew it and nobody did anything at any other time well i mean if she's having a psychotic break at the time and she's britney spears and you know hey she's nobody even the court reporter that was there yeah. on site said there was no psychotic break okay that's she fine walked away into the bathroom because she wanted another few minutes with her kid. Okay. The, There's the, a, the, funny, the, the funny thing is, Lou, I've, I've seen that exact situation. So I, I, I wasn't there, so I won't, I won't comment, but it just brings back memories. So anyway, uh, how do you continue? The, There's a Ted talk that I highly recommend. It's called rethinking foster care by Molly McGrath Tierney. And it's, it's, if you are a libertarian and you are like, man, how do we deal with the child abuse situation? Please, please, please watch, watch this because it is talking about how badly the state messes up something that, and she's not denying. And I, the reason I love this video is she's not denying, as Brian said, the problems. There's real problems, right? Like these parents that have these issues that she talked about are, have real problems. Uh, she, she ran, I think the foster care for like Baltimore. She, she had some very real experience and said her goal then was to reunite these kids with their parents mm -hmm. and to get the parents into a clean state and to actually make things better that that needs to be the goal yep and this it, is just something that's not focused what happened to britney spears oh, was something that's not focused on that goal right yeah. because it was private it's private conservatorship private privately she probably signed off and gave up her rights to a visitation now should she add legal representation for it absolutely but if she was in no she didn't no no i'm saying she should have Oh yeah, but she yeah. didn't sign anything. She, okay, she didn't sign anything, and and this would be interesting to go through and see. But, um, yeah, the thing is that I I don't think we have the whole story on on this. I mean, I would like to see more documentation, but I don't think it's going to be provided because obviously out of privacy concerns. I don't think Brittany wants her mental illness. Oh no, she she has asked her attorney to to they've made a motion to unseal everything. Okay, and Jamie that's fine. Spears has been the one to want it all sealed, and she wants her attorney wants it all unsealed. 
that's 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 interesting yeah. you will notice um, with the push for it to go unsealed to your point lou uh one of the things that just happened this past week is look how many people jump ship on jamie's side lawyers oh, on yeah. the financial uh what the financial organization was once out of it they're like nope nope we didn't we wasn't aware i mean i don't know if they were or weren't but they're like we weren't aware that it was this abusive we're out like and there's a ton of people that are pulling the plug and I guess if, if it, there's any silver lining to this, it looks like that Britney Spears is going to win thanks to the court of public opinion, as she should, because these whether what she did was legal or not, or she signed for it or not, it's very clear that this is an abuse of a child and, or well, now an abuse of an adult that's carrying with her through her entire life. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that finally it's now all coming to light. We don't know all the details. The indication of this last week is that the de details are going to be bad kind of for everybody that's not Britney Spears because everybody wow. that is open the pamphlet goes Eesh, and then uh, promptly quits <laughs> on uh, on the anti-Britney side. So I, I don't know what it looks like. Again, that's suppositional, but there is a lot to read into there. Yeah, and the thing is this, is that the easiest way to fix all of this, honestly, is there's a fiduciary duty for everyone that's in a conservatorship mode. And, and if you are not, there are certain guidelines. Now, I don't know the state of California, so I'm not going to quote uh, what their law is on that. But if you are someone's power of attorney, you are someone's fidu um, fiduciary, you have a personal responsibility to adhere to guidelines. It does not look like Jamie Spears is adhering to those guidelines. But the fastest way to settle that really quick is to put it into a double blind trust double blind trust, which basically means that Jamie Spears can say there's money in there and it's supposed to be making money. That firm is managing another firm who doesn't know who they're managing for. And that goes ahead and has the money managed and then funnel through that firm who then goes ahead and gets it to Brittany and everybody else. The beauty about that is there's no communication with that firm. It's actually purposely written. If there's any type of reach out that's blocked, it's basically that the contract between the money is between these two. And what ends up happening is that it keeps it on the up and up. That company has to report financials. The middle of the company has to report financials and you have to report financials. If all three match, <laughs> everything's on the up and up as long as they're all adhering to their fiduciary duty. Right. And I think part of like, that would be great. <laughs> well, it should be. No, it's, it's, it, it's ridiculous that with, with that much wealth and things like that, that it doesn't happen. I mean, right. also, here's, here, here's what happens to Social Security. Social Security is probably more responsible when you're on disability than anything else because you've got to prove receipts of what you're spending your money on. I went to the grocery store and I bought $83 worth of groceries. Well, was it really $83? Was it really all groceries? They'll go through that crap. They'll, they'll audit you on that and make sure you're spending time. Why aren't we expecting the same out of this? And as a parent, I can tell you the first thing that I would want done is I don't want to be responsible if my daughter suddenly became a multimillionaire. I don't want to be responsible for money other than being an advisor to say, make sure that's being invested wisely and not foolishly hidden away. But that's also why you do that's other things. That's because you're a good dad. <laughs> like, I, you, know? I, you know, here's the funny thing that may, we think that that money just sits there. And it just, and then the bank just shoves you a check every month and it, it, there's actual work involved. And I know we like to say, oh, it's not really work. You're just sitting there. 
if you're managing a portfolio like that, it really does have a work component to it. Oh, absolutely. Is it the same as digging a ditch for eight, you know, eight hours a day? No, but then again, right. I'm sitting behind a computer eight hours a day. So, you know. It's a different kind of exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it's mentally exhausting, especially if, especially if your client is saying, I expect 7% returns every year and you're going, <laughs> oh, we're in a down year. <laughs> Let me go jump right. out the window. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that could be done. And if Jamie Spears was smart, he would go and say, yeah, you know what? I'm out of our finances. Here, here's the third party that's handling it. You know, well, and I'm, we'll yeah, never and, see that because it's you know, all about the money for him. And right. we've seen that since she was like 12 years old. Like he Which, has, right. He's Chris. put himself <laughs> in a position yeah. To be pushing her and grooming her for fame and I know. All, making all this money, you know, and we've it's all watched ridiculous. this play out publicly for a bazillion years, right? I, I, yep. Mm -hmm. And the and, sword. Oh, go ahead, Blue. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, and to add kind of a little more detail to what Hody was saying earlier about, you know, he gets 16000 a month or whatever. Mm, but those attorneys, when she, um, when she was in the hospital, he over... Four months' time, he spent $900,000 for crisis PR attorneys. Yeah. It's to a spin a bunch of stories to make her look great in the media. Meanwhile, she's actually in, like, in the hospital and home and then being forced to rehearse 18 hours a day. So he's literally making millions of dollars by enslaving her. No, like, that's where this makes me sick. It, and she even said, like, yes, I want to go to therapy. Yes, I want to have a counselor. Yes, I know I need to stay on XYZ medications. And I want to do that. But I need him the hell out of my finances. She's like, he works for me. You know, how is this right? Yeah, yeah. And the amazing thing to do with this, again, just... These are all smart people. It's not that hard to set up. You can set it right. up if you have 20,000. If you have, you can go to any bank or any financial advisor and say, I want to set up a double blind trust. They'll look at and be like, yeah. okay. Right. But that's, <laughs> no, that, he, that's not what he wants. They'll be like going, okay, we, we get your money. We take a small little bit of it and we hand it to you every month, you know? Right. But <laughs> that's the not what he wants. He controls but, every detail just, of every penny every mm -hmm. hour of her itinerary yeah and it's ridiculous and it is it's and that terrifying one, that, I, that I, is happening in 2021 and, right and it's happening only in one state the the most brilliant liberal state in the union the smartest brightest most beautiful people of california have fucked up big time so once again once the trouble again. is this what you get for relying on daddy government you're mentioning that there's a lot of smart people involved, Brian. It, the, the issue is, is there's not a lot of good people involved. Well, right, yeah. that's, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. have a bureaucrat and an abusive parent, and they get together. They're bound to make a deal that is not good for the innocent good person. I, and that's I, kind of the issue that I have. The the I, And I apologize. Maybe it's just speaking out of my own personal experience because I was – a self-admitted case and you know that that kind of thing and i understand that maybe that's rare from yeah. for some people or for your experience or, or and whatever it may be and i and I, I don't mean to speak out of ignorance to that but i do think that there is a point where you say i i think for me i imagine that what if i was treated this way because i self-admitted yeah you know, and that's what the way the lens with which I see it, or even if I didn't self-admit to just say you made a mistake, 
you know, we don't keep, if you graffiti the side of a building, I don't keep you in jail until, you know, for 50 years, unless I'm a politician, you know, like, yeah. because that's not the point. I want to rehab you, teach you about property, get you on your way. <laughs> I'm not trying to demean what oh. mental illness is. Cause I understand that for some people, and I tried to communicate this, but I'll, I'll just try to communicate it better. That for some cases it is chronic. For some cases it is the equivalent of cancer. Just like when we talk about physical diseases. Yeah. Maybe today you've got a cold, maybe tomorrow you've got cancer, right? Like maybe you've broken a leg. These are all different things that require different types of rehabilitation and medications and surgeries and whatever it may be and different kinds of treatments. And I think that that's one of the great parts about going into this generation where we're learning more and more about mental health and mental wellness is that we now understand it's like, Hey, it's not just cheer up buddy for every problem that you have. Right. It's, <laughs> or, and it's not that, and it's not that depression is the only mental illness, you know, it's, it's why am I not interpreting? Why am I not miscommunication sometimes can be oh. a huge sign that there's a mental illness there that I say, I know I hear, I love you, but I don't feel I love you. What's going on. And so we mm -hmm. need to understand these things. And, and, and I think when I see these problems, I say, okay, what's, what's the solution here? Now, of course, government botched it. I expect them to botch it. We do have parents that botch it. And so it's hard because I, I think the challenge Lou for people in our position is that, it's hard for people to imagine a voluntary society taking care of this kind of situation because ultimately you can say, no, I'm going to voluntarily keep doing meth and I'm going to voluntarily keep breastfeeding my kid. And right. my, it's not voluntary for the child, I guess, but you know, but for, so everybody else, how do you get involved on behalf of the kids involuntary? Uh, what's happening to the kid involuntarily? Kid taking crystal meth, how do you get involved there without some kind of law? And, and I am the first one to say I would love to see a society where mental illness and things like that, where people feel free to come up and talk about it. The problem is that uh, as someone who's dealt with the foster care system, the mental health system for the past 30 years, um, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. <laughs> um, we're getting far better at saying we're mentally ill and we're getting far more, how do I want to say this in the gentlest way possible, accepting of destructive behavior uh, to a point. You know, I watched when uh, we were looking at a facility for, um, anyhow, I watched a worker have a kid walk around with a crayon was walking around writing on the walls, walking around and destroying, you know, not destroying it, but just as your, your graffiti thing sure. there. Yeah. Kids are probably about nine. Just let them do it. Let them do it. Were there any consequences? No. Were they doing anything about it? No. What is that doing? Kids not having a psychotic break. Kids just calmly walking around destroying the wall somebody's gonna have to clean up and they were like well we're, we're not gonna stop him I'm like well what's gonna happen when he gets out of here what's gonna happen he's gonna yeah, color yeah. on a building that they don't let him get away with it right they're not going yeah. he's gonna color on your house he's gonna color right. on somebody else's house he's gonna do that because that behavior at nine was fine why isn't it acceptable when i'm 13 why isn't it acceptable when i'm 19 so Brian wants people out of coming out of the wombs and suits and ties, everybody. I, I, I want 
I want people coming out, and there are some things they also have to understand. And told you there, there are other psych psychoses, personality disorders sure. that no amount of right. medication will touch. Yeah. Um, and we've all met somebody like that. Uh, and, and to be yeah. clear, I didn't medicate for my neither, because people are wondering. I, I, I changed no. my lifestyle, but no, and that's fine. And that's yeah. Hody. I applaud you for doing that. I, I will not at all mock that. I'm talking about the real psychos. I'm talking about the ones that can play it up real nicely and are just secretly what best word described as evil um, because they just want, some people just want to watch the world burn. So Brittany is probably not one of them. I don't see her as the maniacal first, my children, then the world. Um, I do see her in an abusive situation. I also think that Brooke Shields' mom is probably the brightest woman on the planet for getting her daughter, teenage daughter out of that shit. Um, <laughs> I remember when that happened and I was like, why is she getting out? She's going to be rich. Oh, yeah. Now you see. Well, let me propose each of you a question then. Yeah. Start, start with Lou and different questions. So Lou, your question, how does a voluntary society deal with it? Brian, how does an involuntary society deal with it better? So let's start with you. How does a how does a voluntary society deal with what's going on with Britney Spears? Or maybe if we turn up the heat a little bit, what's going on with somebody is what Brian described, some kind of psychopath. I mean, I think it really comes down to, you know, keeping it local I or, you know, whatever the equivalent is in that situation. I mean, do we have a Ted Bundy running around South Bend? Like then, you know, and we're going to even in like a voluntary society, right, where there is no like government per se, like there's still going to be people out there who have a doctorate in forensics and maybe run a business that will investigate things for, you know, donations, Right. So mm -hmm. I guarantee you that would be a thing. <laughs> like I would do it because that sounds like fun. <laughs> but, Become a casa. Become a casa. You'll do it and it'll be, you won't get paid for it. It'll be awesome. Trust me. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just one of those things that in a voluntary society, you oftentimes will have similar roles for people who, you know, are investigators, forensic scientists, things like that. We just don't have like the jackass cops that kick in your door at 2 a.m. and shoot you just in case. Like, you know, that's really where that comes from. And in some cases, it's dealt with in the family, you know. In other cases, you may rely on a church or a volunteer organization of therapists or, you know, whatever. I don't know that. It, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's oftentimes handled the same way, but it really comes down to what makes sense. And I think as a society, like if your kids being a jerk, like, take the paint cans from him. If your kid's going to murder someone, lock him in his bedroom till he calms down. <laughs> like, you know, or whatever the solution is. I'm not saying that. I, that was a joke, by the way. Like, you know, if you go to your room until you want him to stop murdering Killy, okay? Right? No, I was being 
seriously sarcastic, but like the obvious things are still going to happen. Right. But you're going to also have things where parents can talk to doctors more freely um, in some cases and doctors can more freely say, no, I'm not going to talk to you about this. You know, instead of all these weird bureaucratic ins and outs, right? Okay. So, Brian, how do we? And I know I, I painted you in a bad light on purpose when I said involuntary society. No, I'm good. With how it. Does, I'm how good does, with it. I have an answer. I have how does one. this work in a where we have a government? How do we kind of make it so that they actually do the right thing? That's always the trick. Okay. I, Go ahead. I, I have two words for it. Very okay. poorly. Okay, because that's what we have right now. Um, if you deal with any of the major mental health programs, facilities, things like that, you're going to find that they look strikingly familiar to the DMV, DCFs, all these other agencies. Don't get me wrong. There are very good doctors out there. They're usually in private practice. Um, but if you're dealing with the big organizations uh, here in Indiana, we have the Bowen Center, who, by the way, there are some fabulous people there. Do not get me wrong. Um, and I can give you some great recommendations of therapists and doctors that are there, especially one that I've been working with for 20 years. Um, but that being said, a lot of these people are checking a box. Not only the people going in there for their required therapy, but the people behind the clipboard, they're all checking boxes. So there are, there are people there that genuinely want to help. There are people that it's one of these things that you can very easily get the worst possible person handling your medication and therapy. Uh, it's also possible to get the best possible person. It's literally a roll of the dice. And with long-term mental illness, you have to be willing and able to get up and say, I don't think this is working or I don't think it's working the way it should. And I want to try something different. That is harder to do than you think. <clears throat> the other thing is it's insanely expensive. These people that are there for counseling, if you have to go to counseling twice a week, you're paying that person to be the counselor probably close to 40, 50 bucks an hour, you know, with salary benefits, everything else. Um, that gets really expensive really quick. And most insurance only covers very short term stuff. So this is probably the most ill libertarian thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to lose my righty cred here. Social, you know, mental illness is one of those things that I sit there and go, boy, it's awfully expensive and no one can afford it. And it's really kind of a national need. So it's almost like there's got to be a way to do this. I like Lou's idea of a community, but I will tell you, I, I've had a lot of neighbors in my lifetime. Some of them have been really cool, but I can count maybe about, you know, on one hand and have fingers left over where I would feel comfortable talking to them and saying, you know, hey, we have problems or things like that. It, it's very tough, um, especially if you're a foster parent. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, there's just a lot of people out there that will check a box and also <laughs> will conveniently throw you out of their program if you no longer get the qualification from the state because, oh, I don't know, your child isn't special needs. The child you're trying to adopt isn't special needs and is only regular adoption and they go and cancel your license three days before that that you have to go through and restart everything and almost screw up the adoption that didn't that happened to us and that agency can burn forever that's awful yeah. mm -hmm. um i still have the letter 
Wow. That is infuriating. Oh yeah. Luckily we had, we honestly had, I will, I often crack on DCS for being terrible. We had honestly the nicest caseworker I've ever worked with uh, down in Indianapolis. And I mean, over the years she's kept up with us because we, we adopted our son when he was very young and that's one, it's like one of those shining stars. But again, you have to get lucky. We got lucky. We could have very oh, well yeah. had a terrible case where it goes, that's a lot of work. She has, she has her license redone and we got an extension for us so that we could get our state license. So we can keep the adoption moving forward. So everything worked out in the end? Oh, yeah. No, my, my son's. But- yeah, it's all good. I, I just that agency can burn in. Oh, yeah. You know where. Yeah. Oh, yeah. trust me. Every time I see that caseworker because she lives in my town. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she will burn in hell. Uh, there's. Oh, she doesn't think she will. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, she she go. She go. She go. Uh, <laughs> this is this is one of those. It's it's complex. I I think <laughs> that the problem is is that it's one of those. It's tough to say two wrongs don't make a right. But when we have somebody having an involuntary interaction with a child, a child that can't consent to methamphetamine, or a child that can't consent to whatever's being done to them, you do have a moral obligation to intervene, right? To stop that. If we talk about voluntarism, that doesn't mean pe- letting people do what they want to their kids. Right. It needs to be voluntary for the kids as well. This is kids can't consent. That's why you can't have sex with them. Kids can't consent to doing drugs. That's why you can't. Right. You, you know, Pile on. You can't, can't consent enough to drugs till they consent. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> and so that's why in this voluntary society that we talk about, there are still times when it's ethical to intervene. Yes, it's involuntary for the one person, but they've broken the vol. If it's a voluntary society, they're involved in an involuntary behavior. Right. right. And so you need to say, I'm sorry. Okay. Removing your kid. All right. Mm-hmm. Might sound like government. I don't think it needs to. Again, I very strongly recommend uh, the Molly McGrath Tierney TEDx uh, uh, talk. Just a fantastic example of what her practices were of saying, hey, as a program, we're the government. We're no longer going to take kids anymore. Here's what we're going to do. And she has the most incredible success stories to talk about. It's really, Mm -hmm. it touched me because I did, this is one of those subjects for me. I didn't know I was kind of confused on, I was scared of, you know, and I think it's one of those that, that one of those talks that touched me because I just said, Oh, okay. This is not only is it how it could work in a libertarian society, but it's substantially better. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying that everybody, again, I don't demand anarchy from everybody. She works for the government. She just happened to do it in a very libertarian way. Right. And so I understand that this is also, she still had some kind of badge of authority. And so it led some credence to the filthy minarchists like Brian over there. Like maybe you <laughs> say, this is something we have government do. But ultimately, what this needs to come down to is addressing the mental illness, addressing. I- it, it absolutely has to do that. The problem with this conservatorship is the old, re- by definition, the reason you grant that mm-hmm. is to help somebody take care of themselves and the problem. This person used it to take care, not of the individual involved, <laughs> but used it to take care of himself. The state mm-hmm. has collected money on this and used it, used it to take care of themselves. Who has not been taken care of? By definition, this isn't even really conservatorship <laughs> Maybe, no. because you're supposed to take care of the person who can't take care of themselves. And you've done the opposite. You've thrown them to the dogs, you've denied them therapy and you've significantly hurt them. Um, Jamie Spears, wherever you are, you also join um, Brian's uh, former social worker, former social worker, uh, burning in hell. 
um, as, as I'm sure you will. Uh, Sizzle. <laughs> yeah, get this. I, I hope hell is the hot for this reason. Yeah. Get the marshmallows, right? This is, it, it is one of those that I think we should all be compassionate to people to be understanding. There's a way to be a non-Karen and still be a very caring neighbor. And I think that we should focus on how to do those things. There are also ways to do this yourself. Um, even if you don't have the guise of government to just say like, if you know somebody who is on, I'm just gonna be level here. I And I hate to out myself like this, but I know people who drank while pregnant, got high while pregnant. And then after they gave birth, still got high, still drank, still did terrible things, still bad predicament for the kid to be around. And I still don't want to call government on them because I know what that looks like and they don't get better and it ends up really ugly. But there is a way to intervene in their life socially that doesn't involve authority that is more effective to say, hey, listen, let's talk about these things. Let's give you an alternate alternative lifestyle. Let's have you start doing some of these things. And Brian is correct. They are going to resist. It's not always, well, I shouldn't say let's, I want to take everybody's, I'm, I'm spanning the gamut of mental illness here, right? It's difficult. Uh, it's difficult for some people. Percentage. They'll be very receptive to it, right? Yeah. Like, like I, as soon as I realized it immediately admitted myself, like the day I started feeling that way, I actually got help for it in the same day. Some people fight it and resist it. Right, that's extremely rare. And and I don't and the thing so so maybe that's how it is and people resist it but but ultimately the idea is is we do want to get these people better. We do want to get them cleaned up. And whether you believe in government or not, I think this is a good last word on the subject. That whatever plan you have needs to be a plan that is for the health of everybody. The mom, the child, the dad, we, we almost barely discussed KFED and all this. I'm sorry, because he should have been. Uh, but we need to discuss the health of these families. Kind of a douche. And if, yeah. as soon as we stop discussing the health of these families, we've lost focus. And we, and that focus just needs to be there. When we, if you, if your solution is a government solution, you 100% need to be accountable for that solution and make sure that that solution is accountable to the people involved in it. And if your solution is voluntary, you need to be a very active neighbor and a very active participant in your community. Either way, if you don't do one of those on either side, you're a hypocrite. Yeah, just what I want is a bunch of Karens going around asking how I'm feeling today. <laughs> how do you feel about that? No, how are you doing? Come on, come on out. You, you kind of make me depressed when you say the mental wellness solutions aren't getting better, Brian. Because I think for me, I, the amount of materials I had just, I felt like it was so much better. Maybe the culture around it's not there yet. The but culture. The culture, the culture the culture's is actually that, further ahead yeah. than the system. Yes. Right? Because exactly. we've normalized on social media. There's entire campaigns about normalizing mental illness in the sense yeah. that you know we it's there's less stigma and so people right. are more comfortable reaching out to the system unfortunately mm -hmm. and on that note of voluntary you know mental health issues right and not volunteering to have a mental health issue but you know what i mean okay <laughs> <laughs> um there already are tons of options out there um for a while there, I worked with a small town local United Way that um, had a completely volunteer program of 
doctors, counselors, therapists who would volunteer X amount of time a week and do free services for the community. Um, and they, every, you know, however often they would run some sort of charity event for donations and, you know, to, for supplies, anything they needed for food to, you know, there was constantly something to help these people. And not only that, you know, a lot of times those therapists would get better results if they spoke to someone one-on-one -on -one, say, I think it would be a wise idea for you to go to the hospital voluntarily. Right. But when you're dragged to the hospital, you want to check yourself out. Like the numbers, like we did a whole news story on it. I'd love to find that someday because that was several years ago. But these volunteer psychiatrists and therapists and stuff had a bigger impact on people getting better help. Mm -hmm. And I like, I think that speaks for itself. And a lot of these things exist now. So you call yourself a voluntarist, go even if you don't need it, right? Go get cards and pamphlets and the information because that's one of the things that is a struggle because they're voluntary organizations. They don't advertise. So a lot of people don't know it's out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So go find it. Go tell people about it. Post about it. You know? Be part of the solution. I like exactly. it. Exactly. Cool. Well, everybody, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back to give you a piece of our minds. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for holding on through the break. So peace of my mind segment, we're going to talk about whatever we feel like. Uh, and in this one, oh, there was so much negative news last week that I kind of wanted to talk about the Biden with the building back America better plan or whatever it was with the four years of mandated additional schooling and what double pre-K and then through 14th grade, just absolute um, it's low hanging fruit. Okay. But here's the thing. If I don't say this, I'll never say anything good about Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This is complimenting both our presidents. Oh. I know. And if I don't say this, <laughs> it'll never, it might never happen ever again. I, I'm I'm all ears. Go for it. <laughs> we have effectively left combat operations in Afghanistan. This was organized. Yes. This was organized by Donald Trump, believe it or not, who scheduled it to happen in the spring. Joe Biden postponed it. He said he was going to postpone it for the fall, but he has actually managed to leave effective combat operations in July. Now, does this come with a lot of stipulations? Of course, we can still drone strike the country. Yes, we can. Uh, things have already gotten a little bit more violent since we left. <laughs> that has also happened. Okay, here's the ish. Here's the issue. This was an engagement that took the lives of, we don't have an estimate because we suck, but if we, it, and it depends on which organization you ask, but on the low end, we probably killed around 200,000 innocent people. Oh, and on the high end, you're looking at well over half a million yeah, innocent people. And that's, and, and I need to specify that's innocent people. Mm -hmm. That is not combatants. That is not insurgents. That is not Afghanistan. That is not, um, sorry, not Afghanistan. They're not our enemies. Uh, this is not the Taliban. This is not Al Qaeda. 
This is not any of those terrorist cells or Hamas that you hear about. This is this is innocent people. Women putting an end children. to that. Women and children. Putting an end to, in fact, almost exclusively women and children, because mm -hmm. we had pretty much been tallying every male that we killed as a combatant. That is not a joke. Um, for those who wish to see more numbers on this, here's the thing. Our last three administrations, which Joe Biden was a part of and Donald Trump was a part of, okay? Uh, our last three administrations have been lying through their teeth about it with the leak of the Afghanistan papers. Here's another one I don't compliment very often. We have this, not, it wasn't a leak, but the Washington Post filed for this information under the Freedom of Information Act, which is how we know that the military commanders for years say, said, you'll never leave. We're becoming more and more unpopular. Al-Qaeda is stronger than here than ever before here. Uh, the Taliban is stronger than ever here. We are actually making them more popular. And by being in this country, they are actually gaining more and more support. They are gaining more money. We are actually losing this war. They said it over and over. Um, we, that was revealed on top of the fact that we have been hiding civilian casualties and disguising them as combatant casualties. It's finally somewhat over. And I get that that comes with stipulations. I really do. And I don't want to make, I don't want to paint this out with the rosiest colored glasses, but the idea that we are no longer going to kill hundreds of thousands of people there every couple of years is a big deal. And it's very important. And it's a very big start for how healing happens in the Middle East. I, I need to tell this story because here's the thing. People might say, well, no, duh. But the problem is, is that after we withdrew combat operations, the Taliban, as predicted, immediately took a ton of area. And they are now more popular than ever before, and it looks like they're back in charge. And people are going to say, see, this is why we needed to be there the whole time blowing up their innocent people, because you need, because then, then the Taliban takes over, and the Taliban hates America. And all this is true. The problem is, is the reason they're so popular <laughs> is because we were there at all. Okay, and so the sooner we rip this Band-Aid off, is it going to be immediately painful? I'm sure. It's probably going to be painful for an entire generation because some of those women and children that we killed, their husbands, fathers, parents, brothers, and sisters are still alive. And they want somebody, and, and frankly deserve somebody, to answer for that crime. Okay, so this is the issue in Afghanistan. I understand that it's not... It is worth shooting off fireworks over, even if it is just we've stopped doing as much damage as we were before. Even if we're still going to send an occasional drone in there and send an assassin in there. And I really hope that we don't, but I know government too well then to believe otherwise. Okay, But an end to this war that could have easily gone on for another four years, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of saved. And even if things get worse before they get better, that's the start of the healing process. Okay, and we just need to stay the course. It's a start. It's still no good. Joe Biden has done everything in his power to irritate. I mean, my piece of my mind last week, Syria, Iraq, Iran. He pissed off all three of them with a few bombs last week. Okay, I get that. That's bad. But I don't want to take away the credit where credit is due for this. We needed to get out. We're getting out. We should absolutely be grateful for that. If you need to build a bridge with any of your Democrat or Republican friends to say like, you know what? I am grateful about something that Trump did or that Joe Biden did. This is a pretty good one. 
Is it perfect? No. As libertarians, we love to complain about everything, but I feel like this is a good one to at least say, hey, you know what? That's a good start. Uh, I see. I, I sense some hesitation on on y'all's parts here, but but how, <laughs> how do you uh, <laughs> how do you see this? Well, I see this as Iran in about about 1976, 1977. Um, we just left them heavily armed. Mm -hmm. I was just looking here. We left a fleet of Black Hawk helicopters for. Mm -hmm. The Afghani Air Force. Smart. Yeah, real smart. You know what we also took with us? All the contractors that keep those things in the air. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And also the thing that we also did, we didn't take them all. We took all the people that we wanted to take that had value. And then the people that have been helping us for the past 20 years, some of them are getting refarmed to other countries like Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, things like that. So they're getting dumped off into countries they, they've never lived in before. So, yeah, we're doing this just as, as the worst way possible. I mean, don't get me wrong. I applaud the idea that we are out of Afghanistan. Um, but the way that we did it, once again, just shows that we are setting ourselves up for failure. You just left a mostly armed Black Hawk helicopters uh, all over, plus other munitions, in a country that's probably on the edge of complete uh, collapse. Uh, and uh, we just took off and said, oh, okay, cool. See ya. So, yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be real ugly for the Afghanistan people. I hope it's not. Capitalism would come in, hopefully, and make things better. But, of course, the only thing that Afghanistan is really good at exporting, opium. <laughs> so... We get a little grumpy about that. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see what we saw in Iran from 1979 to 1985. Probably yeah. in the next year or two. And, and that's what they want. <laughs> you know, it's like we've all seen this before, right? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Serious yeah. deja vu. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> right? I feel yeah. like I'm in a very, like... I'm going to be like true stereotype libertarian. Like I'm never happy with anything, even if I get what I want. <laughs> right. Cause I'm like, let's end all the wars and you know, let's not continue to create more terrorists. Like I, we've been screaming that line for 20 years now. We're just creating more terrorists. This is how, you know, and this is why we shouldn't be there. But I've also always been on the side of like, okay, let's, you know, phase out, make sure we get out what we need to get out and, you know, do it in a way that doesn't hurt the people of Afghanistan or whatever country we're in, you know, um, this is going to get real ugly. And then put on top of that, you know, right on the heels of a pandemic and, health crisis and now we've apparently got 13 states with some a new zika virus basically a new mosquito disease it's highly deadly and it's spreading fast so we're gonna hear about that and all these new variants of covid and this and the gas prices are through the roof and oh, what was the other oh 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 wells fargo has announced they are suspending personal lines of credit 
Do you remember the last time that happened? It was 2008. And everybody lost their homes. And so here we go again. And it's maddening, I guess, because it's like we've all seen this in our lifetime once. And here we are, the adults in the room now, and the same shit is happening. We're making the same mistakes that they made before us. We never do, learned. Do either of you see this as a net positive pulling out of Afghanistan? No. I, I it's really? it's positive 30 years from now. Yes. It is positive now. 30 we're, years. We're from gonna now. be in 2050. Our kids are gonna see Afghanistan like we see Iran right now. Um, the big difference is there was a lot more interference in Iran for decades. Well, we've done the same, what am I saying here? Um but the reality is Iran is starting. I mean, the reading people have always never really been a big fan of the Ayatollahs, but they were the ones in power. And it's going to be like that with the Taliban. Um, Iran eventually will fall. Uh, the, the, it, it's, un, it's unnatural for the, the, the Persian, you know, even living under the Shah. I, I fully expect to see Iran as a, as a somewhat democracy Right. In my lifetime, cycle I hope. is coming to an end. A cycles, it's it's coming, it's coming. Uh, we're going to see the same thing with Afghanistan in probably about 20, 30 years. Yeah. So that generation thing I talked about still. It, it's my my theory has always been that you need to be two generations removed from like horror to really get over it, because okay. when it's your parents, when it's your grandparents that have experienced it, it's not as big of a deal. When it's your parents that experience it, it's kind of a big deal. And when you've experienced it, well, it's probably screwed you up. Right. Okay. All right, so give me two generations. But would either of you have stayed instead? I would have left about 15 years ago, but and I wouldn't have started the Iraq War. But yeah, you know, those things. And I I probably would have just bombed the crap out of things and then found where he was and not thought that it could be a wedding, could be a militia. Hey, why take the risk? boom, like our drone guys have been doing for a long time. And some of them are pretty screwed up from it, by the way. We don't think there's something like, ah, it was a wedding, or I wasn't going to do Yes, there were some screwed up guys that did that, and, and gr- guys and girls, but there are some that really take that extremely hard when they make that kind of a mistake and pay for it the rest of their lives along with the people that got blown up. Sure. And that's a whole different um, kind of tying back to mental health that's yeah. a whole different level of ptsd um i had a or you know whatever you're dealing no with. it is I had a, right i had a friend who was in vegas and that was one of his jobs or well nevada mm-hmm. and that was his job and yeah. he's like it's it hits you slowly because you disconnect yourself because you tell yourself you're playing a video game but then, like, it hits you that it was real, and then you start questioning your hu- your own humanity. Like, right. I how have I come to a point where it is okay for someone to sit in a booth and push a button to kill strangers mm-hmm. across the world? Mm-hmm. How is that okay? Yeah. And how did I let somebody convince me to do this? Like, uh, it's terrifying. I, I legitimately think 
that we will in our lifetime come to see drones and and remote delivery systems like that become as, as un, un, unwanted as chemical weapons. And Unless it's an Amazon not, delivery drone, I am all about those kind. Yeah, but uh, the, I, I legit think that there's going to be a point where we as a society say it is not cool to sit there in orbit at 35,000 feet no. and take out random targets. Um, that's the thing. I, I could see an individual type of thing where we've got facial recognition, you nail the person and stuff like that. But of course, I'd still like the person captured, put in jail cell, tried and uh, then left in that jail cell if they really are that guilty. But that's just me. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough thing. I, I think we should have been out of, out of Afghanistan 15 years ago. I'm glad we're out so that if my kid ever decides to enlist, he won't be there. But of course, you know, hey, Biden's yeah. turf's pretty young. He can spin up another war any minute. Yeah. The way things have been going, it uh, looks like about how we're headed. Uh, way to turn my good news into something bad. But anyway, that's the... Uh, that's what I, I, I felt, do. Uh, I, I felt like at least that is something. At least it's something instead of continuing it. If we're going to be two generations removed from the end of this, regardless, might as well get it done sooner. I guess is mm -hmm. and and yeah, should we have not ever been involved? Should we have not done it 15 years ago? Yeah, of course, of course. But uh, there are not too many libertarians in charge of the bombs that trap. Uh, I've noticed not not a whole heck of a lot of them. But we get a lot after they've been in the service. More yeah, than, I mean, we get a lot after they've been in there, and they go, "Wow, this is really screwed up." I'm a I'm a dependent that mm -hmm. or former dependent. You know, so I get it. We do. And it's all of us that grew up military, joined the military, married into the military, whatever. Like, I think a, a whole bunch of us come out on the other side going, ew. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And uh, I mean, you see that truly. And um, if you look back at like the Army Times, for instance, um, when they polled military members, Jorgensen and the elections before that, Gary Johnson did very well among military yep. and like current and former. Yep. Cross yeah. the board. Well, uh, Brian, my ray of sunshine, why don't you give us a piece of your mind? Oh, I don't know. I, there was so much popularity on my little thing on intellectual property. I was really hoping I was going to try to get into a little thing about that lady. I hope she patented her idea because I hope she makes a lot of money off foster care and telling how to do things right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought about that for a while. Um, and I still kind of come back to it. I'm going to still go back to what we talked about last week, which um, gets on intellectual property. And the one thing I kept coming back to is my ideas are my ideas. My thoughts are my thoughts. Um, if I come up with something, I have the right, I think, to create it. Um, and the one thing I kept thinking about was, if I say that thought out loud, all of a sudden we go full socialist and it becomes our thought, our thought, not, not my thought, our thought. You, you let it out of the box. So now it's ours. And I'm going, it's kind of anti-libertarian, you know, <laughs> it's like, just because I said it out loud, it was a good idea. doesn't mean that if I patent it or if I have no way to patent, it doesn't mean it becomes our idea. So, 
there's a lot of things that people said about, and don't get me wrong, I, I think there's ways to fix the existing system. I am not at all a proponent of maintaining the existing system. It's terrible. It's flawed. It's got a lot of problems in it. But I think you can make it better. I think you can go ahead and reform that system. But I keep looking at how... I apologize. You see the cat in the lower corner. He just opened the door. I've had traffic this whole time. No, no sweat. Cat, no, no, no. He, the cat. The cat opened the door. Ah, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I did that's, hear that. Yeah, that's like it. somebody's coming in. Was not expecting the cat. I <laughs> was not expecting the cat either, but he knows how to do that. So, um, where was I? Anyhow, um, I keep coming back to this idea that you know. We, we've got to reform the system, but all the current proposed ideas in a voluntary society involve this mishmash of either business contract law or social contract, which, again, I brought that up last week. You know, the <coughs> reading about social contract when someone says that in the libertarian side is usually pretty deafening. So it's one of those things that I, I think we need to not not keep discussing here but as libertarians have to come up with a better solution we like the idea of you know that not having the government involved but they're really i have yet even with a week of people telling me i'm i'm wrong willing to admit it but no one's got a better idea so you know unless you really just want to get rid of the whole thing then then that's fine but it's kind of like uh, it's going to be like China. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Like social credit systems. and so, uh, Well, and, uh, more along the lines of just no trust in a product. Because right. I can slap the name Colgate on my toothpaste that I made in my back of my house. And I can do a good printer that makes it look like a real Colgate. And you to use it. And now, oh, by the way, it's full of glass particles. And I cut your lips open. And... You know, it's it's one of those things you just sit there and go, there's a lot of bad that comes out of this if we yank the system. Um, it doesn't do a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad that could come out. So, And that's why the system was invented to begin with. It wasn't something that just the government came in and said, aha, we're going to control everything. They, they realized that this was a bad thing. So... As usual, yeah. don't let a don't let a disaster go to waste. And the government's yeah. very good at that. Like, you know, is there a problem? Yes. Could the free market have solved it? Maybe. But we got government instead. The, I, I get what you're saying, Brian. I really do. And I feel for it. And I feel for the intent. But I have a tough time visualizing government doing anything where the intent of the good people actually shines through. And I... <laughs> The, the problem I have with intellectual property is this. As Sam kind of mentioned last week, it's not technically property. Um, our ideas. Ours. Right. But this isn't even our. It's, it's, it's not a thing. Like, it's not a share. Like, it's, it's, it's something else entirely. So if I say, and, and you know what? If, if this makes me communist, so be it. But are there certain things that are, are shared? Sure. The planet is shared. It's not my earth. It's our earth. I don't even have it. There's no way around that. Earth is Earth, you know. There's there's one of those, and we're all living on it right now. And until right. Elon Musk invents some base on the moon, like there's just certain things that ours. sound like ours. Everything is know? finite, right? right? Yes. Like, yes. As someone who like I have done a lot of writing, editing, things like that, like on the on this topic, like I've always wondered, like, what if I wrote something that to me was genuinely original? Yeah. Come to find out 
someone had written the exact same thing, thoughts, you know, and, but even the, uh, every song and every book, has it been written? Every thought Mm -hmm. has it, you know what I'm saying? Like eventually, like I think is thought finite. Well, we, we keep thinking that we're at the pinnacle of technological progress and we keep proving ourselves horribly wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. We keep, we keep finding new and exciting ways to not only uh, share cat memes and stupid things like that and write songs about Dookie and, and all that. Um, but, but this just keeps going in society. I think that there's not an end to creativity. I think that there's definitely a lot of, um, <laughs> what's that term I said? Um, uh, a lot of borrowing in creativity. Um, you can classify it as I stand on the shoulders of giants. That's how I can see so far. Um, right. Yeah. But I, I think that there has to be a way to protect that one way or another. And if you feel that your product is something you want to keep and want to defend, I think you should have the right to do so uh, without someone coming in and creating enemy of my enemy you know, on the, on the, we are sort of libertarians network. Um, they could do it. You probably be a little ticked, but legally, you know, if we did so. But I think it's, this is a fantastic example. I'm not worried about it because we're the better one, right? Like this is like, if somebody invents the concept of baseball and they're like, but nobody else is allowed to play except for these crappy teams. I don't really care that you invented baseball. Right. Like, so if you say I invented baseball and then a bunch of people jump all over it and it's like, okay, well, I'm sorry that you're not getting adequately paid. Hopefully somebody would hold you up or want to study your books or invite you. I mean, what happens today? You get invited to do speeches, write your memoirs, talk about your, your process behind it. You know, like I, I don't have any problem with that. I think it's funny, Brian, that you bring up China and China to me proves to me the exact opposite of what it proves to you. Cause I think I see China and I say, that's what's currently happening with international copyright laws, with international trade protection. China still does whatever the hell it wants because they own too much of your debt. The rich people don't have to yeah. care about it. Amazon's not worried about if you smile, right? Be, or if they smile, but as soon as you smile or smirk, oh, that's their patent. You're going to get sued, right? So this is just something that benefits these rich people or the people that own debt or the, you know, because nobody can do anything about them and who ends up getting hosed is these little guys. And I know you say, and and I understand, Brian, you say you change it. I'm not saying defend everything about the current system because I understand there are changes that you would make. I just have a tough time seeing, is it a way to, to make China or Amazon or whoever else care? Right. Like I just I, I have a tough time seeing government being like, yeah. you know what? You're right. We have too much power over this. Our crony allies have too much power. We need to let a little of this go. Right. And and the thing is, that's what happens with the big entities. Any big entity is going to do that. Right. I do want to correct something, Hody. I'm sorry. Hit me. Hit me. What percentage of the U.S. debt do you think China holds right now? Give me a oh, percentage. I will go with eight percent. You were close. Five. Five. OK. Yeah, so yeah. that's not domineering. If someone's got 5% of my debt and, oh, we're going to call in and collect it. Um, okay, hold on a second. Hang on. Money machine go burr. <laughs> 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 okay, here you go. 
there is a there is a balance on some of these things. If you add five percent of to your debt, that's one thing. But like the other part is you have to enforce then enforce it. So you say not only are we going to do something about it, or not only can you not do it, China, because you know then you call us on our debt. Then we also have to go in and enforce it, which is an additional cost, which right. is additionally making our crony allies mad. In addition to taking on that five percent that got sold. Yeah, well, here's the other problem with it. China, the yuan, yuan is pegged to the dollar. Yeah. So if we print more money to pay off their debt that they're collecting on, it devalues the yuan. <laughs> so I, I understand how all these it's, things it's, are It's connected. like mutually assured sure. economic destruction. So it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I understand this. The thing is, is like when, when somebody has more to lose than the other. And, and in this case, yes, we have guns pointed at each other's heads. But that's not, we're not... If the guns are pointing at each other's heads, then it should be business as usual. And then why are they not enforcing the copyright laws? Because they don't, because this goes back 20, 20 plus years. Chinese, sure. Chinese cult. And I'm not trying to throw the culture under the bus, but this is what I was taught when I was in Hong Kong, when I was working on my master's, that the, the Chinese government and Chinese business is in the business of copying. Because they didn't have at the time the innovation, the ability to go ahead and innovate. There's a lot of effort that goes into innovation and investment that right. China didn't have. Now they're trying to create it over there and they're trying to, with the schools and everything else, and you start seeing scientific papers coming out a lot more from Chinese universities. And some of it's good and some of it's hot garbage. So that it just takes time. But they were very clear to me back in 2007 that their entire economy is to find what you're doing, no matter what it is, copy it, mass produce it, get it out. Doesn't the quality, eh, we really don't care that much, but make as much money as possible and disappear. Yeah. And that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah. So. I and, and what's going to happen in a, in a voluntary society where there's no intellectual property? As I said, if I, if I print grandma's hip, uh, do you know, go ahead and make a hip and put on Depew on the side of it, you know, because if I spell it D E P E W, um, you know, <laughs> uh, or, or, or something like that. Um, and it gets put in grandma's hip, grandma, and all of a sudden, five years later, grandma's hip fractures because it was made of shitty steel and you have no idea you know well this came from depew and you know there's no recourses or nothing because that company that made it that really made it is gone right so i mean there's a lot of things that fall out from that and also the investment into development into those things it just all disappears if somebody can just walk in copy it and i'm not saying forever but i'm saying at least a little bit of time but so. is there no accountability then in a libertarian society it gets it starts getting social contracty kind of because there's know, three requirements. There's three requirements of a libertarian society: accountable, transparent, voluntary. That's Great. it. And 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 that's the thing is that uh, where's the accountability? If I put out fifty thousand copies of what your of your product, and it sucks and it has your name on it, it's not going to be as good as my product. This is why chefs. But, but this is what I'm saying, though. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying I'm putting the exact name, exact labeling, everything. I am copying your product so it looks just like yours. I am shipping it in. It's like the it's like the the couch bags and stuff sure. like that. You know, it's not coach. It's couch. 
all those things, all that stuff. Now, now we bags. Oh, Brian, who gives a shit? No, grandma's pacemaker, grandpa's grandpa's, you know, replacement knee. That computer you have that has a battery that unfortunately spontaneously combusts only one percent of the time, you know, and it says Apple on it. What do you? What is your recourse in that type of society? Because I got news for you: there are going to be plenty of people out there who are more than willing to make the dollar store version of it. And with today's printing technology, scan, print, make it look exactly like yours. What's your recourse in that society? If you make my exact product for cheaper than me, none. No, well, well, but the thing is this, who are they going to come after, though? Okay, you. so <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think I'm think i seeing the disconnect here. Okay, Hody, yeah, what he's yeah. saying is you sell Crest toothpaste. Okay. He uses the exact same box, exact same label, exact same everything, except his is liquid cement, which is unidentifiably, like, it's in paste form, looks the same. He's even added some flavoring to it. Okay. But, cement. <laughs> right? But, you know, half hour later, people's teeth are breaking off from the stuff he sold. Okay. It looks just like yours, right? Remember when, like, we had the Tylenol thing several years ago? Mm -hmm. Someone was oh, putting... Was in Chicago, yeah. Right. In the 80s. Someone was yep. putting, like, something else in cyanide. the Tylenol. It was, it was potassium cyanide was killed, killed seven people. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. But they didn't know they bought a Tylenol thing off the shelf. Like, Yep. And so, so, I, so I guess, <laughs> right. But my, I, and I appreciate you clarifying that. That makes more sense. The, the recourse that I have is that I did not make it. And if we are in a libertarian society where you understand that people can pretend to be me, then you're going to take extra precautions to make sure they're not me or that they are me. Right. Like that, you, that, that these are the types of things. These are voluntary solutions that come about when we had. I love pointing to the fall of the feudal era because these are times where we actually have these things. And we have these merchant guilds that could slap labels on everything to say it's all merchant certified. Oh, this is certified silk, this is certified silk. And when some of the silk was actually wool and was actually crap, what happened to those yeah. merchants? They got and I, I don't mean to. This is not an exaggerated. They got literally crucified. Right. And so there actually is an amount of recourse if you piss off people and hurt them. And you find out that's like, did the silk payer pay the price or the silk makers pay the price? Because everything's like, oh, you must have sold this fake silk. No, the, the merchants did. Right. Well, yeah. But if I, I think the voluntary society, we're going to get a little, we're going to get a little grumpy if we're putting up crosses in front of Dollar Tree. Well, <laughs> you know what? Right, fine. This is my crazy thing. Come on, Thelma, you sold me this. Get up there. Yep, you sell oh a you sell a knockoff thing. Bring out the crosses. There you hey, go. Want to work there in that case? Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to take the personal risk because well, now hold it was the merchants who intentionally mislabeled it that got crucified. But but that's what I'm saying is though somewhere in the middle. You know how much you know how much fake crap gets into our our you know consumer world. Oh these yeah. Days? Tons, tons. Now, most of it, thankfully, is just intellectual benign, rights aren't working out. You know, in my yeah. industry, that's a big issue. Yeah, because we're buying tattoo inks and the stuff that we buy. Like, we know the company. We know it's right. vegan. This, it's all natural. That, whatever. But you can go on Amazon and buy literally identical bottle of ink and get it here, and it's not. It looks like red ink or blue ink, but people get sick from it people get hurt from it right and that's that's the part that i sit there and go 
Am I liable? And that's the thing, you would be. But in a total voluntary society, that's where it comes down to you have to be able to, everyone's a good guy and you have to be able to trust everyone. We just got done talking about, about mental illness. Not everyone's a good guy. Right. And there are some people we just can't trust. And if that's it, that 1% that you can't trust is probably enough for us to put safeguards in place one way or another. I think if the 1% is worried about crucifixion, they might be dissuaded. That's, that's not, how I though. feel. I, you know how many psychopaths we have that sit there and go, you know what? I, yeah, that, that bus drove over and took 27 school kids. Or wait a minute, that building was was it had a building code issue that I should have evacuated the people. But darn it, Margo, I need you to kick in an extra five grand so we can reinforce the building, you know? But if they're, but if they're not afraid of market kickbacks, what makes you think they're going to be afraid of intellectual property kickbacks? No, they're not. not. They're not. Afraid. But the thing is, there's enforcements. There's enforcements. And that's the thing is that you can eventually catch them. Okay. In, in a totally voluntary society, well, I got away. What your, your other thing I is believe, you get. I mean, that's a job yeah. someone will do. Yeah, but but who? I mean, who, who who do we give the authority to 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 get out in front of Dollar Tree and, and throw Steve up there on the cross in front of Maybe the store? Maybe that's a, like a very like it's a job that you're selected for, right? Oh, yeah. But it doesn't have to be authority over it's, anything. The, there might be a lot of back and forth on this one. Just yeah, we're, as we're far like as enforcement that. goes, I, I would say there's a book called The Machinery of Freedom by David mm -hmm. Friedman. Uh, one of my favorite books. It, it's it's one of those that kind of helps deal with this. I think the only reason I cite a book isn't to just be like, I cite a book, I win the conversation. I'm aware it's just an opinion, right? Like I get that. But the thing is when we talk about enforcement in libertarian society, it's a long conversation and probably longer than I would effectively be able to summarize. There are or, or a lot of by Martin market consequences <laughs> and a lot. And I don't even really love the idea of crucifying somebody. That's I, in fact, I don't really love the idea of violence at all. My hope would be peace and, you know, market just being like, oh, hey, watch for the bad label. Or, you know, this is something that this is a way that you can tell or we'd have better ways of being able to tell when this person made this thing. I think maybe more individualism. Maybe you just say, hey, I have a code that only I know that you can type in here and we share it, whatever it may be. I don't know. I, I think it's something that the market should be able to explore. Brian, I I love that you rep your property, uh, intellectual property. I do. We, we need somebody with that voice. Uh, and I'm glad you're, you're that punching bag. Brian, Brian's been at it all week too. He, he had more, he had a healthy serving today. He's going at it tonight. Uh, no, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for your arguments and I understand like, even though I think there may be a better way to do it as an anarchist, like mm -hmm. I do understand it, like where you're coming from and why, like, mm -hmm. I, like, I get it. Does that make sense? Oh no, I, 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 I am a hundred percent on board with something better. The current right. system is not the greatest. Right. And I don't like leaving the feds in charge of, well, is this a real Jersey? You know, I can't tell. I, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, but I am talking about the the, the big stuff, you know, the the, the, Absolutely. the the coming in with the fake products, the fake things that get into our, into our consumer world and that, our protections on that. There are protections for patent infringement, things like that, that keep 
the sane ones, the big ones at bay. You're not going to stop the 1% that want to copy and sell at a flea market. Yeah, trust me. It's trust me. That's insulin. Go, go ahead and take it. It's good. Right. Um, yeah. If you're so, buying your insulin at a flea market, you have a problem anyway. <laughs> right. And, I, and, and, I'll, and I'll even grant this to you, Brian, that I think this is something a lot of libertarians love to pretend that we just remove government and everything is better. Mm-hmm. When that's not an actual solution. Like government is getting in the way of a lot of solutions. Yeah. But yeah. it's not a solution in and of itself to remove the government. So people want to know what that solution is. And I think maybe it's just as simple as saying culturally we need to respect people's intellectual property more without having a codified set of intellectual property. By being like, hey, we need to have a culture where if you, you know, do this, we are going to run you out of town or something, you know, and and that's yeah. and there's a lot of libertarianism that relies on a lot of cultural changes. I think so, we want to we want to get rid of the government, but the government's not going anywhere till the culture changes anyway. Right. And so these are conversations that we need to have about how we would. It would be interesting to have a conversation that we'd have yeah. about how we culturally respect people's intellectual property. Yeah, right. it sounds. Oh, go ahead, Luke. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, this conversation has actually, like, reminded me of an example of one of these sort of, like, voluntary enforcement, which is not – what they do isn't enforcement mm-hmm. in that sense, but it's a – it's like an award. There's this voluntary organization um, for people who have celiac d- disease and – you know, gluten allergies, things like that. And they will test products and they will award them, you know, that this is gluten-free. This is not through like the government. This isn't part of the FDA thing. None of that. It's a totally private organization with doctors and they lab test everything. And it's an award that you earn as a gluten-free product that you then can put on your packaging. And, People look for that, even like if it doesn't have that, but says gluten free, there's a good chance it's not actually gluten free. Right. Um, and I've we've had to learn to navigate that because I got half my, you know, my husband and half my kids are have gluten intolerance mm-hmm. and or celiacs, but yeah. they can't, yeah. And no if it doesn't it. have the little green, you know. Yeah. The government, that's not the government or the FDA or the whatever. It's its a volunteer organization of gastroenterologists and allergists mm-hmm. and autoimmune, you know, rheumatologists and things like that, that have voluntarily said, as this board, we will award this label and prove, yeah. you know, and we check that, right? Because if we eat one of your products and he has a bad reaction, mm-hmm. like... I can, I can go to the medical board. Right. You, you can report back to them and say, hey, either your testing sucks or they lied to you because right. they changed something. Right. And, and I mean, that gets back to consumer reports. It gets back to all these. Exactly. But it also gets back to the Better Business Bureau, which was supposed to be that version of consumer reports. And when you deal with the Better Business Bureau now, it's like dealing with Yelp. So right, it's yeah. a little weird now. Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little salesy. It's a little clumsy. It's a little you know. Eh, but we'll help you. But darn, you know I, that company gave us five grand last month. Uh, it doesn't seem like something the company would give us five grand. Like they would do something bad. <laughs> right. So. That's a tough one. You know, it's it it, it it's certainly give me something to think about. Maybe instead of arguing against 
intellectual property in existing at all. Cause I think Lou said it last week, like, don't be a dick. Yeah. And it's like, there should still be something that like, I should still be able to recognize dickish behavior Yeah, and be like, we should do something either culturally or whatever to, to stop people from to, or as Lou just said now, incentivize people to be good instead of being dicks. Yeah. I think, I think there's stuff like that. Lou piece of your mind. And then we will wrap it up. Um, I think the thing this week that has really bugged me the most <laughs> would be um, Richardson getting suspended from the Olympics. Mm. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And I, I'm not even kidding. I went through this the other day. I love the reactions I'm already getting, and I haven't even said anything. Mm-mm. Lock her up! No, no. <laughs> no. Um, so I, like... I literally went and clicked, like I typed in, you know, a couple keywords and hit news and probably seven out of 10 articles, somebody somewhere is quoted about how, well, marijuana can be a performance enhancing drug (laughs) and I died. Okay. I was like, I, I had, what? Really? Like, okay, let's. Even if you're talking a sativa strain, which can have an effect that makes you feel like you are thinking very sharp. You may even have a little energy. Okay. But inhaling any kind of smoking anything when you're a runner (laughs) does not enhance shit. (laughs) Narrative. What the fuck? Did we forget how lungs work while we were talking about how weed, smoking weed was helping the Olympic runner? They're full of shit. They sound about as dumb as Holcomb on the topic. (laughs) Yes. I'm furious about the whole Sha'Carri Richardson situation. It's always, and it's always been a thing. You haven't been able to smoke weed. Um, and you really should be able to. Here's the problem. If the Olympics is going to argue that, hey, here's the best of the best, then you can't have rules like this. Otherwise, you can't say you have the best of the best. You can say we have the best of the people that we allowed to compete, and we made some arbitrary rules about who was and wasn't allowed to compete. Everybody takes something. It, it, and, and I think what breaks my heart is Sha'Carri Richardson has handled this so wonderfully. Mm-hmm. She has she confessed to doing it even recreationally, or actually just to help. There's nothing she, to confess. Though. She was sad. Oh. She was sad, so she took some, and you know, to help her feel better one day. And here it is, and that's what it is. It's not like she has. She's been very clear about it. I am sick for her. Uh, something she is the fastest woman in the world and she's only been proving it for the past several years, but we're not going to get to see her in the Olympics. It's ridiculous. It is something that look Olympic square has beer upon beer upon vodka that is served. That is, that is served up to the athletes. That is, that is, they get a platter and they pour it out and they're like, oh, hey, anybody for some vodka shots? Anybody for some? It's a booze fest down there, right? Every book that goes behind the scenes will tell you this. And yet, oh, you, did you take marijuana? Oh, you monster. 
you absolute monster. It's this stereotype. It's happened here in America. Of course, it's been true all around the world because we're just kind of realizing it. It needs to stop. It, it's it's so stupid. I love sports. I actually really love um, for a while. I actually was going to get into women's sports of all things, um, even though I know as a dude, it might sound weird, but I love the the highlight reels on some of them are amazing. And I feel they get buried under like guy sports top tens. Whereas yeah. when you see a highlight, you see a highlight and Sha'Carri Richardson is a highlight. She's so fast. And it just bugs me whenever we get robbed of actually seeing that. And I understand maybe wanting to have something to be like, Hey, we don't want people taking these harmful substances. Cause we don't want to, I, we don't want to incentivize harm, self-harm or harmful behavior. But when you're looking at something as Shakari Richardson, or let's take me, I am more likely to die from a Big Mac overdose than I am of a heroin overdose. I am still allowed to go buy Big Macs. I am not allowed to go buy heroin. Okay. And I understand people want to keep me healthy, but how, where do you draw that line? You, you ban me from Big Macs, you ban me from soda, you ban me from everything except of a couple of pills, and, and all of a sudden we're living in a total dystopia. Let athletes take care of themselves, how they need to be taken care of. I am very bent out of shape about this one because I think it also affects, she wasn't taking it um, for pain management personally, um, but it is one that some athletes have wanted to take for pain management. And because of these stupid laws, they end up taking something much more harmful for pain management. This is something that has affected me and my family in like a kind of personal way. And so it is something that I take really personally when I see something cracking down on like marijuana, because it's something that somebody could be taking it for pain or even sorrow like this. And it's like, well, would you rather she turned to booze? Cause that's legal. Would you rather she turned to overeating? Cause that's legal. Would you, she took marijuana. Get over it. I don't know. That's all I got to say. I, I, it is, this one makes my blood boil a little bit. Right. I, 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 I'm just going to quote one quote. Okay. The rules are the rules and everybody knows the rules going in president Joe Biden. Now he also did say whether they should remain rules is a different issue, but the rules are the rules. Yeah. <sighs> I don't care for your rules, Mister. <laughs> you know the funny thing is, is this this just echoes what Obama said when he was leaving office. The quote was, "I can do more for marijuana legalization outside the presidency than in the Oval Office." And I was like, "That has got to be the dumbest effing thing I've ever heard in my life." And he's done so much good work with it, right, Brian? Since then? yeah. Yeah, but it's it's Obviously. still just absolutely ridiculous statement. So um, I am deeply upset. I, I'm not, I'm up. I, I wish she would compete. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know how she runs with those nails. I never understood it. But hey, you know what? If it helps, whatever. Um, and the hair and the hair. Yeah, exactly. I'm like going. Yeah. Got to be like get losing a hundredth of a second with that hair going <laughs> like that. But hey, you know what? If it works for you, that's fine. Um, but yeah, we're at the point now in this country where we've got to start moving a little bit more forward. And once again, the the government, the U.S. Uh, Olympic Committee, has just put their foot in it again. And um, but. It, 
there's nothing more to say. You guys really were very eloquent about it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Lou brought it up. It is something that I think we need to, I mean, just with white house interns earlier this year, right? That wasn't even the rule. In <laughs> fact, the rule was Mr. Biden that they could stay because yeah. you said that, but yeah. then you kicked him out anyway. And then you said, Oh, there really wasn't that many that we kicked out anyway. It was I, just, just a few that we crushed their spirit and dreams and everything because of something they did years ago. Hey, Kamala, what'd you do a couple? What'd you do when you were in college? <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, what'd Holcomb do in college too? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, and I look at it too. And I guess from my perspective as a woman, you know, I see it through this lens more maybe, but I see a young black woman. And then I look back and I think of, Michael Phelps, didn't he get all his stuff back? Like they yeah. gave him all his medals back and like reinstated all his wins. Well, he, I don't think he got them taken away. He, he never Phelps never tested away. positive. He just had a picture that showed him doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's all he had was a picture. But he and didn't get after, dinged on the okay. test. It was after the Olympics, right? That that yeah. he got caught. So there was a time where he was. And let's let's be honest. Any of these, any of these athletes. For as many calories as they burn, they need anything that will get more food down their gullet. And if smoking a joint helps them with that, so be it. But Phelps never had anything taken away. It was post-Olympics. Okay. He was caught in, in a party smoking it, showing with uh, Carrie. I don't know if it was a bong or something. But mm. it was that's that's a little bit different, but it's still a shitty rule. So. It is. Like, you know, I feel like when it happened to him, the response was, oh, what's the big deal? But it, now it's happened to her, and, you know, it's it's kind it's, of 50-50. Well, who, who, do you, who do we know in, I mean, seriously, I mean, other than the people who think that if you've got a, a gram of something that's illegal, you know, we should take your children away and, and go over to Dollar Tree and borrow the crosses. <laughs> That's that's not a very large number of people anymore. You know, it's 23 years ago, that's maybe 70%. I think we're getting down to the point where it's 20, 30% of this pop of the country would maybe have that thought. But honestly, I think the majority of the country is like, this is dumb as hell. So right. no, I, I do agree. It's better than it was. Yeah. It's, but I it's feel like room. from the ones that are mad about it. Mm-hmm or a lot of them. I'm seeing a lot of like just focus on the wrong aspect of it or, you know, kind of comparing it's, how they reacted to Phelps versus how they're reacting to her. And it's like, you know, I think Phelps at the time was trying to be more of a um, spokesperson. Um, I think that, and I think he lost his endorsements because of it, but really it doesn't matter because he's Michael Phelps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the, I I think that there's we we have seen a big change as we keep talking about it in in this country in the past twenty years when it comes to drug legalization, which is a good thing. Um, there are problems with it, but more than likely, it's going to be a good thing. I think the majority of people think this is a terrible decision by the USOC and Joe Biden going there and saying you know the rules are the rules whether that they should be the rules is different but they're still the rules um i think it's falling tone deaf on a lot of people the one thing i would say is funny the fox news and all that 
cut the first sentence and stopped it right there to broadcast, say, oh, look, Joe Biden's tough on drugs. And MSNBC took the second sentence, whether it remains the rules is different, led, led with that piece of it. So there was some little nuance in how they were delivering the but same message. Not surprising at all. Yeah, yeah. Disappointing, but no. Yeah, expected. Yeah, let them run. It, it's it's something long overdue. It's something that libertarians. I'm glad we ended on this because it's something libertarians have been right on for forever. Even back when it was unpopular, mm-hmm. uh, I still remember a time when it's like, oh, if the libertarians would just let go of their end the drug war nonsense, they'd finally be mainstream. And thank goodness we did it because honestly, <laughs> you you look at the people look we're harming. Now. It's funny that I mean, I mean yeah. Richardson's become the face of kind of this latest person harmed by our stupid and idiotic war on drugs. Um, But I mean, there's been millions, millions of families broken up because of the war on drugs. I just, Um, I feel bad that she has to be the martyr, I guess, in this situation. Like she's being sacrificed for there to be a big change addressed in like the Olympics committee and, and that starts the culture. Sure. And then of course leads to all that. (laughs) Yeah. But, but who's in charge of the USOC in the end who pulls the purse strings? I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of voluntary dollars that go into it, but in the end it's the USOC there. The the government has a lot of pull over that. And in fact, they, they actually said the USOC was going to say, um, that um, when it came to women's and men's soccer, which is the other one we can talk about <laughs> at some other point, I should have actually had that as my my point. Um, that uh, that Biden was threatening to pull uh, support and funding if they didn't fix the issue. Now, of course, they lost their deal, but so. Ugh. Get out of sports. Politicians, y'all suck. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. I love you very much, and you have an excellent evening.